Hey, y'all. Welcome back to the WTOC Sports Podcast. I'm WTOC Sports Director Lindsey Goff. We're just about a week removed from the 2021 NFL Draft. And so to recap uh, the Atlanta Falcons draft class, uh, we have Tori McElhaney from The Athletic. Uh, she's the Atlanta Falcons beat writer for The Athletic. Join us on the podcast this week. It's our first uh, all-female version of the WTOC Sports Podcast, hashtag girl power. Uh, and here's a listen to our conversation. So first, I want to get your take on uh, your impressions of Arthur Smith and the new coaching staff before we fully dive into the draft. Yeah, I I think this is a really good hire. I mean, I, I think for Arthur Smith just in general, I love his story because it's a story of loyalty. Because here's a guy who started at the very bottom of a coaching staff with uh, the Tennessee Titans and legit worked his way up to being offensive coordinator and and doing so when there were other uh, coaching changes around him. So first and foremost, the fact that he was able to survive those coaching changes and simultaneously move up the ladder is very impressive and something that you really don't see um, in the league in terms of like coaching, because normally coaches come in and, you know, change everything and and release all the other coaches. But that's not what happened with with Arthur Smith. Every coach decided, like, hey, there's something about this guy that we want to keep on. Um, and then just the general coaching staff around him, I love the Dean Pease hire. I would go as far as to say that getting Dean Pease, like the Falcons getting Dean Pease, was the best hire just across the league. I think th- that Dean Pease is going to be really important to what the Falcons are trying to do with this defense. So, all in all, um, I think they have like a good mix of some some really young guys, and I know this coming week we're getting to to chat with them a little bit so for the first time. So I'm actually really excited about that. But um, but yeah, those are just kind of the high notes. So heading into the draft, obviously um, they had a rough year last year. There's some needs that need to be <laughs> addressed. Um, how do you grade their 2021 draft class? I thought they did well. Um, you know, you talk about the needs and they very much had a ton of them. And I legit went into the draft being like, all right, they've got to get secondary help. They have to get pass rush help, offensive line, uh, legitimately just go running back. I was like literally just going across the board and just be like, yeah, they could grab someone at all these spots and they'll need to. Um, overall, I was pleased with the direction that they went, and I thought that they went in the direction that Terry Fontenot and Arthur Smith kind of both laid out that they were probably going to take, which I thought was funny because literally Arthur Smith is like, in a perfect world, uh, we have depth on the offense and defensive lines, and then he goes out and grabs two offensive linemen and two defensive linemen. So he did what he said he wanted to do. Um, So overall, I was very, very interested in that. I was surprised that they didn't take a running back at all um that was something for all of my mock drafts and all the lead up to it I was like they'll they'll take a running back like I was fairly confident in that and then they didn't and it was really interesting to kind of hear from them they're just kind of like it never really fell our way which was very interesting because I felt like there are a lot of running backs like on the board in different spots but I think it just went I, I think it just goes to show how much emphasis they were putting elsewhere uh, not on running back. And I thought that was interesting. So overall, I would give them a, I'll say like a B plus. <laughs> so all those positions you mentioned, you did not mention a tight end. So 
when they pick up Kyle Pitts, I mean, obviously he's a great player, but what are your impressions of Pitts and what he can do in Atlanta? Yeah, I mean, that's the thing is the, the Falcons didn't need a tight end. They just didn't. But when there's someone like Kyle Pitts sitting there at number four, it's really hard to pass up because here's someone who is kind of like an evolutionary player at tight end. Here's someone who has the the wingspan and the quickness of a receiver, but he's built like a tight end and he can really pack a punch. And it's really in all of my – just like the lead up to the draft and kind of thinking of the Falcons potentially taking Kyle Pitts and then evaluations after the draft. It makes sense. I mean, it makes sense why Arthur Smith, who is a tight ends guy. I mean, that he, that's where he got his start is as a tight ends coach. And so uh, the fact that he is a little biased and he even said it, he was like, I'm a little biased. I may be a little biased towards tight ends. Like that's super funny. And uh, he, I mean, really and truly, when you're sitting there as a head coach and you can get a player like that, it makes you really excited because you you know the depth and the breadth of what it is um, you can do with a player like that in terms of play calling. So I think he's going to be really important to the Falcons in 2021. Um, And it will be interesting to see kind of what Arthur Smith game plans for him because there's a lot of stuff he can do with him. And it'll, it'll probably be really exciting to see what he kind of cooks up with him. So obviously, I mean, it's no secret that Matt Ryan is getting older, Julio getting older. I mean, what's, what's the future of this offense? That's a great question. And one we're still trying to figure out because I mean, that's the thing is like, so the fact that the Falcons did not draft Matt Ryan's successor, like that in itself makes me think that they have confidence in him to push him to, 2022 possibly the end of his contract 2023 uh so if they have confidence in Matt Ryan to get you know get into a situation where his lofty and expensive contract isn't just hanging over their heads then I I think that's what they're doing and I think they honestly have pushed his like succession story back another year potentially another two years by not drafting a quarterback this time around Um, and just kind of signing A.J. McCarron on a one-year deal as his backup. So for the time being, Matt Ryan is the quarterback in Atlanta, and I see that, you know, he is. And I I said that even before um, the draft. I was like, no one's going to take away that title from Matt Ryan, regardless of who's drafted. Like, he will be the quarterback day one of the Falcons until he doesn't Uh, want to be. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Until Matt Ryan doesn't want to be pretty much. Yes. And until his contract isn't just like putting Terry Fontenot in a chokehold, like other than that, that is what, uh, that's the deal. And then with Julio, there is a potential that we could see a trade post June 1st. And I say potential and not like that. It's actually happening because we don't know 100% if, like, we do know that there are talks happening, but we don't know how, you know, important those talks are, how real those talks are. Um, So when I look at the salary cap situation, the only two players that I think can get the Falcons out of the hole that they're in, which is they can't even sign their draft class right now, the only two players that can potentially if you rework their contracts or do something with their contracts, it's Grady Jarrett and it's Julio Jones. So 
if they don't touch Grady Jarrett's contract in the next like week or so, you have to think that a Julio Jones trade is potentially on the table because that's honestly one of the only ways that I think that they can make enough significant money in order to make do the things that they absolutely need to do, which is sign this draft class. Be something interesting to follow for sure. And I know you went to Georgia. Now, did you follow any of the Bulldogs in the draft? Obviously, they had a historic draft class as well. Yeah, I did. It, it was funny because I'm pretty sure I was covering. But I know you were busy. <laughs> right, yeah. No, no, no. I had plenty of time. No, okay. Um, I, no, I was very uh, interested in um, the fact that Aziz Ojolari dropped as far as what he did. I was not thinking that he was going to drop. Um, I did think that he was going to be a late first rounder, early second rounder. Um, but then, you know, he drops to to the Giants. And it's actually really funny because, you know, the Giants love their Georgia players. So I think it's actually a really good fit. I know it probably wasn't where in draft order, potentially where we all thought that he was going to dr- go. But like, the Giants are pretty much um, the next like generation of, of Georgia players. It almost okay. seems like they have so many that they've drafted over the years. But um, I thought it was a really good um, year for for Kirby Smart players to to get on draft boards and all that kind of stuff. It's they still need to win games. It's like it's it's really <laughs> it's really great and all when you. I went to Kentucky. Don't talk to me about winning games. <laughs> I'm so sorry, but hey, <laughs> apologies, sending my condolences, apologies, all of that. Uh, but no, that that's the thing is like, okay, you had a school record of guys being drafted, but like, let's go. What and did win. you do with yeah. it? Right. Yeah, exactly. Like, what, what do you have to show for these guys who got drafted? Like, nothing much. Like, and so that, that's the, that's the next step, I think, step in, I think the, the Kirby Smart uh, era at UGA. Not draft news, but uh, Young Way Koo, obviously a Georgia Southern guy who we cover down here. Um, what has he been able to add to the franchise? Uh, I feel like he's got a ton of attention on social media, and usually, like, specialists don't get that. But people seem to really like him. Well, love Young Way. And it's so great. You love to see that because, like what you said, like, sometimes specialists are just kind of, like, there. And, and you just kind of hope for the best with them or whatever. But with Young Way, it's like, no, he has, like, a huge following and fan base that, like, absolutely love him. And it's great because it, it's so fun to watch and to really think about his journey and his story about, you know, being a Georgia Southern grad and then having to just, like, fight his way and continue to, like, work his way through the league and trying to find just a roster spot. I mean, it's really a great story, the fact that he landed with the Falcons and the Falcons were just kind of looking for someone to fill in. Like, it wasn't really a thing where they were – I think they were thinking, like, oh, yeah, this Koo kid is going to, like, stick and be our, like, franchise kicker or whatever. But then over the last two years, it's like, wait a minute, like this guy, we need this guy. And then after last year in 2020, where, you know, he led the league in like points scored and granted that's a testament to uh, the fact that the Falcons couldn't get into the end zone, but still the fact that he was that reliable and I'm pretty sure that he, I'd, I'd have to don't, maybe don't quote me on this, but at one point he was like eight for eight with like from 50 plus yards out. Like that's, 
Yeah, he had some crazy stats. Yeah, like you can't ask for anything better than that. Like you really can't. And and so the fact that like his story and him kind of like overcoming being cut by different teams and then like coming from like a, a, I want to say a smaller school like Georgia Southern, but yeah. Georgia Southern isn't. I think, like, I think it's fair. I mean, non-power yeah. five. Yeah, non-power five. Like that to me is I just love his story and I love the love that he he gets especially like during in the advocacy that he is for um Asian American discrimination and hate like that it, that's such a prominent discussion that we all need to be having right now and he's someone who I think has kind of taken hold of that and he's had conversations about it and using his platform and I think that's really really awesome too yeah I agree so uh, what's next for the Falcons? When do the rookies report and all of that good stuff? Yeah, rookies are reporting next week. Um, I'm pretty sure it's the May 14th through the 17th. So coming up here pretty soon. Um, and then, yeah, they'll go through OTAs, rookie camp, mini camp, like whatever we like all those things. They'll go through all that in the next month or so. But really the big discussions around this time we're going to be about what they're going to do with Julio because that June 1st deadline is, is coming. I say deadline. That's actually when it starts. So maybe not, but like post June 1st trades, it, it that's where I think we're heading in terms of discussions now. Um, and it'll be interesting to see what moves the Falcons can not only like will make, but can make, because that's the kicker is like, can they make the moves that they need to make? And, um, so that's kind of what the summer is going to hold is still trying to fill out this roster, but doing so kind of with your hands tied a little bit because of the salary cap. So that's, what's next. That's, and then getting, you know, the schemes and everything in with this new coaching staff and, and getting us all the way to, to training camp starting in, in August. That's, that's kind of the, the gist of the next few months. All right, Tori, thank you for your time. Now, how can people follow along if they want to follow your work? Yeah, so y'all can follow me on Twitter. It's at Tori underscore McElhaney. Um, and then, yeah, just it, subscribe to The Athletic. That's where all of my content is, where all of my stories are. Um, there's And really, you don't have to just subscribe, like, for me, for The Atlanta. Right, right. they cover everything. <laughs> we cover a lot of stuff. Like, so anything and anything that you, you would think that you would want to subscribe for, it's there. And you have access to all of it. So, um, so yeah, nice little plug for The Athletic. Um, but <laughs> um, And myself, so thank you. Appreciate it. But, no, thank oh. you for having me on. I was This was great. It was, it was fun to have a... Uh, an all ladies power hour it's, it's yes. good time <laughs> the first female version of the wtse sports podcast thank you so much i appreciate it we also had a pair of local players drafted richard lecount was taken in the fifth round by the cleveland browns and then jamin davis who played at long county and then the university of kentucky was taken number 19 overall to washington we actually got to be there when he got the phone call so here's a listen to that story jamin we talked yesterday you said that it still hadn't really set in yet it's kind of been a whirlwind does it feel real yet uh it definitely feels like a dream come true now that everything unhappened the way that it did and honestly i feel like i surprised a lot of people but this wasn't nothing that i didn't preach this entire time throughout the process so when you got the call from head coach ron riviera what did he say to you um <laughs> it wasn't any magic hat tricks or anything behind it he just told me straight up that i was going to be a part of the washington football team and he just wanted me to make sure i was ready to come in and get straight to work 
We also talked about you're a military kid. You're not from here, but you grew up here. It was important for you to have just your family here, but a lot of friends and family members have stopped by since. And you said yesterday it was important for you to hopefully give back to this community sometime. What does it feel like to represent Long County and Hinesville on this huge stage? Um, like I said, it's, it's a dream come true being able to represent Long County and Hinesville and knowing that it just I, I had opportunity coming up to just do something really special for the younger generations behind me. And um, I'll definitely do my best to make the 912 proud. We're waiting. We're sitting here. We're watching you as these picks keep coming in. What's going through your head? And then when you finally get that call, is it relief? Is it excitement? What do you feel? Um, well, as you can see, I was sitting there pretty quiet because I didn't know how everything was going to unfold. But when when, I, when my phone started ringing, everything just hit me at one time, and I couldn't hold back the tears. So, how do you think that Long County and this community has kind of prepared you for what's next? Um, honestly, it's it's been the same thing my entire life, just playing with a chip on my shoulder and just being in an adverse situation. Being that um, it was a pretty un, like overlooked area, so now that I'm just stepping out on the scene for everybody to see, um, I, I, I'm pretty much ready for it. I don't know if you saw that clip of you hugging your mom and she's in tears, your family is in tears. What, is, what does that mean to you to see how proud your family is of you right now and just this special moment that you guys got to share? Honestly, that was always the main thing for me is just making everybody proud as far as my immediate family that's sitting right here with me. So um, it ain't no big ce celebration or anything like that. It was always just these four right here behind me and it's always going to be that way. And I'm just glad I can make everybody else proud as well. Anything you want to say to the community and all your fans and friends and family that are watching tonight? Um, I represent the 912 as best I can and just look out for me in the future. All right. Thank you and congratulations. You can find that story on our website if you want to give that a watch, WTOC.com slash sports. And we want to thank Tori for her time as well, joining us on the podcast. And we'll have another episode dropping for you soon. Thank you for listening, subscribing, downloading. Um, if you want to leave us a review, we would appreciate that as well. But until then, I'll talk to you guys next time.